Our scripture reading comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 125, the first two verses, Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth evermore. Amen. To hear from our own father of the house, Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, a man of great accomplishments. Papa, I like it when you preach. I take notes like a class one boy. <laughs> Today, I would briefly expand on the theme, the unshakable faith, faith in the unshakable God. The theme, we see the banner here, we had a few challenges with the banner so it to be done properly and pasted properly. And what does the Lord want us to learn from this first message or from the theme throughout the course of the year? God wants us to know that he, God, will protect his people so that they will remain pure no matter what influences them in the world. I've chosen a double topic today just to clarify the theme. Faith, let's just go back to the, to the, to the topic as I gave it. Unshakable God, unshakable faith. We could have made it unshakable faith, unshakable God. But uh, you say that is obvious. We are talking about ourselves. We make it unshakable faith. That's our part of it. Because as for God, he's unshakable. He's immovable. There are people who put their faith in things, in people. If I, you sat on this chair, did you shake the chair and say, the chair, are you really good before you sat on it? No. Did you examine the torture? driver's license before you took it. For, for your information, those who came with Trotsky or taxi or Uber, whatever vehicle, apart from it being yours, you know, most of these like this is when the apprentices drive those cars without license. Despite, despite licenses, they drive. <laughs> but did you actually check? You just assume that it will work. Did you check whether your car... Well, after the fuel gauge, if it's not correct, you will know. But you check if there's water in it, you just sat here and he brought you here. We have a certain amount of faith in all these things. But that's not what we are talking about. We are talking about unshakable faith in God. The God Almighty. The kind of faith that when you have it, even when you misbehave sometimes, the Lord takes you out of trouble. Let's see the slide. There's a character in the Bible called Samson. We have not preached too much about any good thing that he did. He was born as one of those children with a promise. He should be a Nazarene. The angels gave the name. Told the, told, I mean, told the parents what they should do. Manuel's wife was told. What that child should be like a Nazarene, no booze, no cutting of hair, all these instructions. Because God had chosen him to deliver his people from the Philistines. 
But did he do well? Yes. But most times he did well. But once upon a time, he did what was unbelievable and he kept repeating it because he fell in love or he was lusting after Delilah over and over and over again. But this is the artist's impression of his death. And you can go back to the account and read it. When his eyes had been pulled out, after hair had been shaved, which was the source of his strength, so-called, when the hair started growing, the strength came back. Because really, the hair was only a symbol of his dedication to God. How can somebody be the source of his strength? It's easy for me to say that because I don't have hair. Okay, so don't worry about me to, to philosophize like that. I mean, I only have a solar panel that disturbs you sometimes. But if you're like Dikenate, who has a hair and grey beard, and I was teasing him, he looks like in a seed. Now, the guy, after all the full, when he had made himself the town joker, the Philistines chained him to a pillar where they were worshipping their God. He probably had it. He probably thought, what a fool I have been to Delilah. No. And he may have cried to God as you find out. Lord, one more time. Let me find my assignment. And with all the strength that God could give him, the reserve strength, he took the pillars, he shook it, and more people died with him than he had killed. Praise the Lord. I'm not praising the Lord for he dying and people dying with him. But that an unshakable faith, not in himself, but in the God who had so gifted him and he was blowing it. And I'm telling you today, if you come and you are listening to God and you are going to 2022, remember this. The Lord would never and ever forget you. And if you are talking about unshakable faith, May it be in the God, the Father, God, the Son, the Spirit. Not in your hair, not in your macho-ness, not in what you eat, not in what you drink, the books you have read, the titles you have. So, with this picture, I finish with my teens and children. They can even check out now, but I hope this is not the end of it. Let me say a few more things. So, God wants us to know that to protect his people from the harms of the world. Once they keep our faith and our trust in him that he would never and ever let them down. The psalmist possibly talking about the people who came from the exile and the way they had behaved was addressing three types of people that we find even up to today in the community of faith in the house of God. The first group are those who are called the faithful. They love God and they like to do God. Even as difficult as it may be. So those who trust in God, they are called the faithful. May you be counted among the faithful. Hallelujah. That God will count on you. Not because 100% of the time you are correct, but your heart seeks after him. But there's a second group. They are those, well, one foot here, one foot there. They compromise. Those who compromise with the enemy, they are called those who are backslidden, like Samson. They compromise. And many of us, depending on where we are, we become chameleon Christians. Today is good, tomorrow is bad, tomorrow is this. You say, God, you don't understand. Yeah, he's never been here before, so he understands the troubles you are in. 
Yeah, everybody does it. A side chick. They call it brown envelope or white envelope. Watch it. The Lord says, "Mm -mm, that's not my standard for you. You are only tormenting yourself. Then, there are a third group of people who just come and go to the house of God. They may not even come. They may not even pay any allegiance to their God. 31st, they rush to church, make some resolutions, deposit some money in the offering box, and think, Lord, that covers. And they deliver. That's the classic unbeliever. Once in a while, something happens, and say, oh, Lord, I'll come. But that is not their commitment. Psalmist is saying, people who behave like that, they will surely land in trouble. And he goes on to show us the troubles they will land in. But that is not my focal point today. Today, as believers, on the first Sunday of the month, of the year, our focal point is simple. To motivate us, to encourage us, to see the benefits of having an unshakable faith in God Almighty. To understand the theme that we are talking about. And let that be part of your determination and your resolution. Four things or four benefits of having faith in God. Being called a faithful. Four benefits of keeping faith with the almighty God. The first one. Faith keeps us standing. Faith, it keeps you standing. What is the psalmist saying here? He says spiritual security and stability belong to those who shall walk by faith. You see, he is comparing the city of Jerusalem to the believer. Blessed are those who trust in God. They are like Mount Zion. Check the photos. Check the pictures. If you've ever been to Jerusalem or Israel, Jerusalem is on a hill. Mount Zion is on a hill. But on top of that hill, there's a small place called the Temple Mount. That place still houses the place that three of the major religions claim belongs to them. The Christians, the Muslims, and the Jews. Why? Because of Abraham's sacrifice on Mount Moriah. Because Abraham was buried around there. Because not far from there, Christ was buried. And even in there's, a, there's a mosque that says that when Muhammad was going to heaven, he stopped there and he dropped his beard. So that's it's there. You, one, one, one hair from the thing. I've tried several times to see it, but my eyes are not that good. So I've not seen it. So they claim a lot of things for that. But you see, it is a place that symbolically God has chosen. God chose, David chose to be his headquarters. Where the only covenant they have is that they will worship God over there. So you see those two brothers, children of Isaac and Ishmael, they will always tend to the east. For what? That's where Jerusalem is. Is it Jerusalem that we are supposed to worship? No. It is only a symbol of stability, of security, of safety. In those days as today, when you go there, the city was guarded by walls that surround Jerusalem. So at the word of their enemies. And so when during the time of Nehemiah, he asked, have they constructed a temple? Yes, they have. But the walls have not been done. He said, no, 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 no. If you have the temple and the walls are not constructed, we will become the scum of the earth. So let's go back and construct it. And in 52 short days, they surrounded Jerusalem again 
so that their place of worship will be secure so that marauders and armed bandits will not come disturbing them. What were they doing here? They were saying Mount Zion is consecrated to God. It is dedicated to God. It is as if its pillars are unmovable. But beloved, check it out. If they brag about Jerusalem, if they brag about Jerusalem and all the troubles that are on the Temple Mount, the Bible clearly tells us that you and I who believe in Christ are built on a solid foundation. That foundation is not made by hands. We were bought with a price. Christ sacrificed for us on the same mountain that David was bragging about, not far from it, was Calvary's cross. It's there up to today. The mountain is there. That is where he died for us. That is why he's, that is where he resurrected from. So for you and I who believe in him, Mount Zion may be symbolic, but you can transpose it safely and say, Calvary is where my salvation hangs. My hope and faith is in him. So if you keep your faith, focus on Christ, what he's done for you, you are anchored in him. They may push you left and right, left and right, left and right. You see, it's like tying a cow to a pillar or a horse to a pillar. The cow will take all his strength and want to move and want to move. As no matter where it moves, left, right, left, right, because it is tied there, it belongs there. You cannot move the pillar, any of the pillars of this building. When you try, you hurt your neck. When you try, your bones may break. Faith keeps us standing. So learn that lesson and be at peace with him. Those who are not at peace with him, they are only worrying themselves because you will not get anything from running away from him. After the bruises and the hard knocks and you've learned the lesson, say, oh, if I had known, had I known, always comes at last. You say, keep faith in him. Secondly, faith keeps us obeying. Look at what it says in verse 3. Obedience is one of those things that really marks us out as whether we are faithful or unfaithful. The psalmist says that clearly in this verse, verse 3. But, given the verse 3, let's, let's say, faith, faith keeps, look at the tenses that are there. It's not something that you do and you stop. We go on and on. Faith keeps standing. Faith keeps what? Obeying. This life is not just one stop shop. You do it and then you have stopped and then it's okay. It's a journey. And along the journey, there are certain things that you have to keep repeating over and over and over again. Or you have to keep blinking, don't you? Your heart must keep beating, doesn't it? You must keep walking. You must keep doing certain things if you are going to be alive. It's the same thing. If God has a relationship with you, you must keep obeying him. A child falls down. What does a child do? He gets up. He learns to crawl. He falls down, gets up. Falls, gets down. But anytime that child falls and says, I will not get up again. I enjoy crawling. And he's still doing that at the age of five. That problem. Faith keeps obeying. The land of Israel had a lot of problems, or the people of Israel had a lot of problems. 
But God reminded them that the, self, the sector of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Wicked people will come. But you must keep obeying God. Because there's a punishment for you, the righteous, not doing the right thing. You will destroy yourself. You will destroy your nation. You will go into exile. And they went into exile so many, many, many times. But it did not mean that God had abandoned them. Listen, we're learning. Faith keeps on praying. What does unshakable faith do? It keeps on praying. Prayer, as they say, is conversation with God. You keep talking, you keep praying, you keep asking God for his leadership and direction. Read that in verse 4. Do good to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Do good to them. Do good to them. Lord, I'm upright not because of what I have done, but because of what the Lord has done in me. Lord, if you do not protect me, I'll fall into evil. As he said, the psalmist said again, what would the righteous do? The foundations are rotten. What would they do? So God has placed you in an office. He has given you a position. There are all kinds of trials around you. What are you supposed to do? Those who have unshakable faith in God keep on praying. And the one whose prayer amazes me is Jonah. That for all the defiance that he had, that God, I'll run away from you because I do not want to go to Nineveh. Those people are wicked. You know, there are some of us, God will give you a message. Go and preach. Go to this company. Go to this job. Go to this society. Go to this. Tell them to change their habit. Say you won't. Then you, in the long run, you convince yourself that these people, they are marked out for hell. You'll be very happy to stand at the entrance of hell and see them burning. When they are burning, you clap. God, you are the God of justice. You are the God of justice. That was Jonah. So, God said, okay, you go and preach to them. Jonah said, no way. Lord, you got the wrong person. He took a boat to go as far away from Nineveh as he could go. He even fell asleep. Whether it was a proper sleep or not, he fell asleep. You know, Michael West defines a blind man is a man who is blind because the man has refused to see. You know, you know, refused to see. When they say black is white, white is black. If you say, this is what I see. No matter what you see, this is what you see. The man is sleeping. They threw everything up. The man is still sleeping. They cast a lot. Even the lot fell on him. They say, oh, what is happening? Throw me into the sea. And the storm will be quiet because I'm a prophet who is running from God. So the man knew unshakable faith in God in the midst of his foolishness. Brothers and sisters, I'm saying even if you are backslidden and the world is turning around you, don't desert your God. So finally, when he got in the belly of the fish, read his prayer. Oh God of ten, oh God of Jerusalem, God of Israel, God of this... Where did the man learn that prayer from? And God gave an order for the big fish to throw him out. Keep on praying, no matter how difficult it is. That is unshakable faith. 
So I'm saying unshakable faith does not mean you're 100% obedient. But you remember your bearing. You remember your connection. You remember where you have fallen. And sometimes even a trotro driver will speak to you. Keep on praying. Sometimes you hear someone. You hear somebody speak to you and you will listen. If only you will listen. That's what it takes to have unshakable faith in God. During the course of the year, things will happen. I don't have that spirit of prophecy to tell you what will happen every day. But the only thing I have a prophetic knowledge to know is that I have an immovable, unshakable God. Hallelujah. And that's what I want you and I to believe. An immovable, unshakable God. Keep faith with him. Keep trusting him. Keep praying no matter what the troubles are. And the last but not the least. An unshakable faith keeps on hoping. Keeps on hoping. I remember the time we took a trip to Jerusalem, the first one. They said, oh, you, you never come to Jerusalem once. You only, you come twice. Either in this life or in the life to come, you will come. I said, oh, really? He said, yes. Because Christ, even if you say you're a believer, Jesus will come to Jerusalem, you will come there. If you are not a believer, he will come and he will bring you to the throne of judgment. Whatever it is, he will bring you there. So you never come to Jerusalem twice. Well, I don't know. You remember come to Jerusalem once. You come twice. I say, is that so? Okay, I hear you. But that's not what the psalmist is talking about. That our Bible teaches us. What it teaches us is that the owner of this world is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Messiah. That is coming again. The people of faith know that God will one day judge the obedient and the disobedient. He will reward us according to what we have done, whether it is good or bad. The evil, the unjust, the cruel, the corrupt, the unrepentant will be punished and punished by a God who has the ability, who has the evidence to punish you, who can send you anywhere and nobody will stop him. I was called two days ago by a friend. Well, not a friend, a brother. We were born the same day. So we are like twins. I hadn't heard of him in a long time. So he called me and said, how are you, my brother? I said, I'm fine. He said, I've been in serious trouble. I called somebody to call you. And uh, I said, yeah, I've been trying to call you. What happened to you? He said, my brother, if I send you a picture of myself now, you will not believe me. I said, send it. When I sent it. He looks like my father. We're all the same age. What happened? Long and short story. He said he's been in the army, strong. A grandchild is misbehaving. They throw the grandchild to him so that he can discipline this boy. And this boy was a handful. He said he could not understand the boy. The boy would scale a wall and go and steal. When they come back to ask him, did you steal? He said, yes. He would do anything. Then he took the boy. He was looking at him. His toe is all mangled, full of sores. His body is full of sores. So, being a soldier, a retired soldier, he took his belt and whacked him. One nice beating. According to him, bah, the boy was quiet. He said, what's happening to this boy? The boy is dead. So what? He couldn't believe it. Just one I said, oh, but you are a soldier. You gave it. He said, I couldn't believe it. 
I started shivering. People started crying. He has killed his grandson. Straight, the police station. Straight, radio station. Straight, locking here. One, two, three, four, remand. 91 days. Fortunately, there was a postmortem. <laughs> that did not attribute it to, well, I don't know what they would have attributed to, but the guy had multiple conditions. It was found to be a drug addict, trauma, tramadol, and uh, cocaine, and all that. I don't know what he was saying. Whether it's true or not, I know. I'm just narrating what he said. Finally, some lawyer managed to get him bail. The case will go for it. I said, is that why you landed there in 91 days? He said, yes. I had nobody to defend me. And now he said, my brother, what hurts me more is that I'm being called a murderer. I'm being called a murderer because I killed my own son, my, my own grandson. The parents didn't tell me. They just told me he was bad. Discipline him for us. And I thought I was disciplining him to correct him. I said, you say you're a believer? I said, yes. Keep on hoping. There's a God who knows the truth. But in this world, you would not. They may not. He said, we live in a small town. And anywhere I'm passing, they are pointing fingers at me. And I don't have to say or hear anything that they are saying. Because I know it. I'm a murderer. Brother, pray for me. I said, you see, you, you backslide small. I hope you come back and put your life and your faith in God. So what's that? The life of faith is not easy. But the life of unbelief is much harder in this life and in the life to come. Beloved, hear me. The life of faith is not easy. What we are calling unshakable faith is not easy. But it is faith in an immovable, unshakable, just, loving God. But if you think that have, not having faith in him, having a shakable faith in him is more dependable, then try it. Today you will go to Akonedi. Tomorrow you will go to Tigari. Next time you will go to politics. Next time you will go to Trama. Next time you will go to women. Next time you will go to men. You will try it over and over and over again. And may God help you to anchor in him. What have we been saying? Let me make a few things. What does this mean? Knowledge of God's greatness. And his omnipresence. That he's everywhere. And his power, omnipotence. Are aspects of his greatness that naturally should produce great faith and great praise. If you can think about what I'm saying, it should produce great faith and great praise in you. That is why even Samson, with all that was going through his mind, said, no way. That is why Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no way. Our God is able to help us, but if even he doesn't, you king, I will never and ever bow down before you. We will not. Whether he shuts the mouth of the lions or not, we don't care. Our God. Always about our God. Unshakable faith in our God. These days, it's even an offense to mention him. Even in the lands that so-called people who gave us the Bible. It's, it's an offense. But remember, they have not patented the Bible and say you cannot read it and understand it. You can read it and understand it. Gone were those days when the Bible was chained and put somewhere. You cannot read it. You can read it. The Spirit can apply it to you. And it doesn't matter what they say is wrong. Have a relationship with God this year and it will be well with you. Let's see a few more things. Now, for us as a church, we look at this theme from four different angles. 
Our themes are centered around quarterly emphasis. We do that because we believe that a church must live and teach and have a balanced ministry. It's not everything that is faith, faith, faith. Everything is healing, healing, healing. Everything is discipleship, win, 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 do this. Yeah, some choose to do that. That's fine. But if the church has a purpose, it has at least four or five purposes. And you must eat that balanced diet. So in this first quarter, we'll be looking at praise and worship. If a God is like this, unshakable God, he can do many things, but he cannot praise himself. We are his people. We must praise him and worship him. Hallelujah. And we will praise him and worship him. Secondly, we must learn to be discipled. That when we go through the trials and the crises that come in life, we must be taught. Who is my neighbor? What is love all about? How does it, what does it mean to stay married? What does it mean to be a child of God? To grow as a teenager? Things that we ought to know and be taught. Scriptures that we ought to memorize. That will keep us focused on him. That's what we mean by discipleship. By all means, what is dear to God is that more people will come to know him. That is missions and evangelism. If the world is 8 billion, enough so far we have only 2.5 or 3 billion. If Ghana is 71% and the rest we don't even know whether the 71% is accurate or not, there's still more work to be done. And the Lord said this gospel must be preached to the whole world. Then the end will come. He's not coming soon until you do your part. And brothers and sisters, I tell you, if you made a mistake to join a church, it's not a holy club where you scratch my back and scratch your back. Fellowship is where we learn to live and walk with each other. The porcupines learned this a very long time ago. Not the porcupines of Kotoko. They knew that they were hurting each other. So one nice winter, they decided they won't mix with any other porcupine. So they stayed separately. That winter killed a lot of them. The few that survived, the following winter, they said, okay, let's see what we can learn. So they all gathered and tried to fit into each other's spikes of pine. It was to bend you here, here, do this here. Finally, they learned to adjust to receive each from each other, I mean, heat from each other. At the end of the winter season, they survived and even had more children. What is the lesson in fellowship? There are some lessons in the Christian life. You can never learn them alone. Bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Whose burden are you bearing? You don't know anybody. You are a little Christian. Last in, first out. Nothing concerns you. Well, fine. So nobody cares about you. Oh, they don't like me. But who do you like? Nobody is my friend, but who is your friend? The good Samaritan, who is my neighbor? But are you also somebody's neighbor? Oh, these people, they are too known. They make me angry. If they didn't make you angry, how would you practice? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. What would it mean to say the fruit of the spirit is patience? How, how, where will I learn it? In a test tube? No. No, if you didn't have feelings as a young man, young lady, and the, the boys are lasting after you like a, a, a goat, uncastrated he goat, where would you learn to know that the fruit of the spirit is self-control? Where will you learn it? Until somebody proposes to you, four men come, they say, my friend, my friend, 
He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Why will you let it? It's in fellowship. So when you keep jumping from church to church because this church is not good, this said they went there, they married, they don't counsel people properly, and therefore, oh, I'm telling you, you will pay the price for it. You'll be the second category of people who Christianity is so easy, so easy believism that they will not be disciples. They will not take part in the fellowship. You'll go where you'll give, you'll get the ice cream and the ice cream and the ice cream and when you finish, your teeth are rotten. You'll see that, no, I didn't eat a balanced diet. That's what we seek to do. It may not be the best for you, but as long as we are convinced that this is what the Lord wants his church to do, we will attempt to do it. Sure, there are places that we can improve but this is what we'll be attempting to do this year. So finally, what does it mean? For the sake of those who did not come for the watch night, 31st night, we were not able to come. A few of the summary. What does it mean in terms of application? If you have faith in an unshakable God, obey him. Where obedience, where obey is an acronym. First one, O, offer praise and acknowledgement to Jesus. He's my Lord, he's my Savior, he's my Redeemer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How He will never change his mind. I will worship him. I don't understand all his ways, but I love him. Because he loved me and he died for me. B, believe his promises and his global agenda. He's to be trusted. He came and he says, I'm coming again. He says, everyone must hear his last Will must be your first commandment. You are living to please him. He has a global agenda. Find it and be part of it. E, engage. Engage him through prayer. Engage the Lord through prayer and Bible study. This year we are commending to you daily guide, daily power, daily bread, where you can read the Bible. Prayer. Tenth, we go prayer and fasting. Whether you pray and you you fast or whatever, engage the Lord. Even Samson, in his backsliding thing, (laughs) engage God. Even Jonah, in the belly of the fish, engage God. You cannot afford not to engage God. Engage him. That is what shows that you have unshakable faith in him. Like the boy who is fighting at the beach. Jamestown. Or like the phobia one. The phobia one. Phobia. Never say die. Until the bones are rotten. Or the boy who is in the sun. Can't taste your banner. When I get up, you see what I'll do to you. They put sun in his mouth, sun in his nose, nose. He's still saying, When I get up, you see, you see what I'll do to you. When they stop you, say, Why did you stop me? I'll beat him and he'll never forget. Meanwhile, you are bleeding. But you see, that's unshakable faith in his waning powers that will not amount to anything. I had, I won't call his name. <laughs> he said he'll go back to boxing. The last but not the least. Yield. Yield to his purposes for your life. Has he given you a gift? Does he expect you to tithe? But yield if he's calling you. He wants to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. You cannot make it in this life on your own. You need help. If you feel you are backsliding, you want to rededicate and commit your life to him, today is a good time to redo that. If you want to give your life to him so that you can join the fellowship and it will help you to grow, what a day to make that decision for him. I'm telling you, a shakeable faith is not faith in faith. It's not faith even in yourself. 
is faith in an immovable, unshakable, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God who was, who is, and who is to come. Stay blessed in him now and forevermore. Amen.